morning. I'm doing the reading today. But before that, one quick announcement, too. Um, just want to remind everybody, October is Pastor Appreciation Month. And uh, we have a basket set up in the lobby. Um, so I just want to encourage everybody to, um, whether you want to get a gift, a gift card, something for the pastors is great. But at a minimum, I'd encourage everybody to um, write the pastors a note or, or a card just to let them know um, how much we appreciate them and how much they mean to each one of us in our lives. So, Okay, uh, I'm going to read from Romans 8, 12 through 28, if I can read this. <laughs> um, Those controlled by the, by the sinful nature cannot please God. You, however, are not controlled by the sinful nature, but are in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, who raised Christ from the dead will give also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the sinful nature to live to live according to it. For if you live according to the the children of God. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself self testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. The creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we have not yet have, we wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We, we do not know that we ought to pray. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And we know that in all things God works for good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Keep your Bibles open, your sermon notes out as we dive in. And I had Jim read a little extra um, than what we're going to talk about today because I want to make sure 
that um, uh, we get a kind of a context to what we're going to be studying today, because we're in Romans chapter 8. We're in the Romans Road series, and we've kind of slowed down here in chapter 8, just taking piece by piece, and I'm asking the Lord as we go through, God, what do you want to speak to your people? And so uh, today, it's so important to study this whole chapter because it's the essence of our Christian life. But today I want to focus on something that, to be honest with you, I'd, I'd rather not talk about, but I just could not get away from it. As I was meditating on chapter 8, I just kept coming back to it again and again and again. And so that's where we're going to go today. Romans chapter 8, verse 1 starts, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's the first part. There's no condemnation, no fear of the wrath of God. And, and then it ends in the final verses, if you have a Bible open there, that, uh, that nothing will separate us from the love of God. I mean, is there better news than that? I don't have to fear God's wrath. Nothing can separate me from his love. And uh, I love that. It, who is this for? It's for those who are in Christ. I want you to get that. Highlight that in your Bible. For those that are in Christ, that first verse there. You've got to be in Christ. And then last time we talked about Romans chapter 8, we talked about living according to the Spirit. That you have to live the Spirit-filled life. You have to live according to the Spirit of God, and that changes you. You become a new creation. God does something entirely different in your life. You are set free from sin. You are no longer a slave of this world, but there is new fruit in your life, not because I'm trying harder, but because I'm in relationship with God, and I'm being Spirit-led. And those things, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, those things just begin to follow me in my life. And so we have got to be in Christ and led by the Spirit. And as we talked about last time, you can never go wrong following the Spirit of God. He will never steer you wrong. And as we look at this passage, I want to begin in verse 17. And so look in your Bibles at verse 17. And this is what the Lord began to speak to me this week. And, and, it, and like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm not too excited about this, but I know as I'm standing here, that this is the word of the Lord for us today. 8.17 says, And since we were his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. Good news. But if we share his glory, we must also share his suffering. The book ends there is there's no wrath and there's all love. But in the middle, right there in the middle, it talks about suffering in 17 and 18. It would be easy just to skip over that and move on to the rest of the verses, but I need to talk to you about suffering today. I just felt in my spirit that, that some of you are going through suffering right now, intense suffering and pain, and, and I know that we don't want to hear about suffering when we're in the middle of Romans chapter 8. Let's get to the more than conqueror stuff. Let's get to the good stuff, but uh, we have to stop right here because the Roman readers, they knew all about suffering. They knew what it was like to sit under a leader like Nero. Nero was the Roman emperor at the time, and Nero has his entire own section in the Fox's Book of Martyrs because he was so harsh in his treatment of the Christians. So the Romans knew what it was like to suffer. But it's not just a couple thousand years ago in Rome. Listen to me today. We all, we all know what it's like to suffer. There's not one person here today that hasn't been through a trial or a temptation or a difficulty in life that doesn't seem to make sense. It doesn't fit inside of this glorious, majestic Christian life that we're supposed to be blessed and live with abundant life and, and live in his glory, and yet I'm suffering and I don't understand it. 
And unfortunately, the reality is, is that if you are a follower of Christ, you may actually suffer more than someone that doesn't follow Christ. It's what we all have to go through. And it's not just Paul here in Romans chapter 8. It's Paul throughout all his epistles. It's Peter. It's James. It's the entire New Testament says, look, suffering is a part of the Christian life. It's what we go through. Look at 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. It'll be on the screen. We're going to go through a lot of verses today. If you want to stay in Romans 8, that's fine. You can write these down and study them later. But Romans chapter, uh, excuse me, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12 says, Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad, for these trials make you partners with Christ in his sufferings. See, we're partners with Christ. We're, we're heirs. We're his children. And, and so I hate to say this, but suffering is part of it because Christ suffered. And our suffering is actually there in our life. And I'm not saying God makes us suffer, but suffering is in our life, <clears throat> excuse me, to conform us into the image of Christ. God is going to use the trials, the temptations, the suffering that we go through to make us into his image. That's coming up in Romans chapter 8, verse 29, that we are created in his image. But it was necessary, listen to me, it's necessary to go through sufferings. Because it's necessary that Christ went through sufferings that he might be glorified. It tells us that in, in Luke chapter 24, verse 26, after the resurrection, he says, Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? We are called to share in the sufferings of Christ. God wants to use the trials, the tribulations, the temptations, the sufferings, the difficulties. He wants to use that in your life. And I I heard this, and and I I believe it's uh, J.C. Ryle who said it, but I just, I love this statement. To wear the crown, you must first carry the cross. To wear the crown, you must first carry the cross. And Jesus is super clear in his teaching to his disciples and to you and me today that if we want the glory, he says, I I want you to deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. That's what Jesus says. And so suffering is a part of the Christian life. But you say, that just seems so inconsistent with Romans chapter 8. The the blessing, the abundance, the glory, and I have to go through the suffering? And I say, yes, because our suffering actually unites us with Christ. Our suffering draws us to Christ. And the good news is that our suffering, listen to me, our suffering is temporary. It is limited to the present time. It does not walk with us into eternity. And while we sit hemmed in by no fear and God's love and these glorious promises and blessings, we realize that that we have to go through some suffering in between. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 18, so we don't look at all the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze And the things that cannot be seen, for the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. See, we cannot get focused on what we're going through right now. The difficulties of life, paying the bills, the relationships, and all the things. We can't be focused on the difficulties of this life. Because Paul tells us in Romans chapter 8 and verse 18, right there in your chapter that you're reading right now, it says, yet we suffer, what we suffer now is nothing 
compared to the glory that he will reveal to us later. He's saying whatever you're going through, whatever you're going through right now, it won't even compare. You won't even think about it anymore compared to what he has for you. That means if you're going through something bad right now, God's got something good for you. Because don't forget the last verse Jim read today, everything works together for good. That God is taking whatever is going on in your life and he's going to work it out for your good and for your blessing. And this is not your forever life. And what you're going through right now will not last forever. But there is suffering right now in our Lives And I want us to go to James and just look at what James says in James chapter 1. Verse 2 says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. I, I have a tendency when I preach in chapel um, to the students, I choose passages of scriptures that I really don't like. And, and if, if you're a student of the Word, you should find some passages you really don't like. Because if you like everything, there's something wrong with you. All right? There should be some things that bother you when you read them. Okay? And this is the one that, that, that bothers me. Really, James? I should have great joy when I'm going through the, just the, the horrible things of this life. Yes, the trials, the tribulations... Thank you, Jesus, for all those great things. I don't like that verse. I don't like it at all. But Jesus had to go through sufferings to get to glory. And so just like my Savior, there are going to be some things that I have to go through. And when I'm going through them, James is saying, remember, those things are going to do something greater in your life, something better in your life. And so you're, it's, the, it's the first step of something better. Look at verses 3 through 4 in James chapter 1. It says, For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when, it, when endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. God's going to use them in your life. Whatever you're going through, he's going to use it. So let's talk really personally today. What are some of the trials that we go through? What are some of the difficulties that we go through? What is some of the suffering that we go through? Because it comes in various shapes and sizes. One size does not fit all. You know, I could say, well, you know, if you knew what I was going through, or you could say that to me, and, and we say, well, I wish I had your suffering. No, you don't. Because our sufferings are what we need to grow. God's using them in our lives, and, and there's a wide variety And maybe you'll find yourself in this list, but the first kind of suffering we can talk about is physical suffering. Sometimes we go through physical pain or a sickness or or something that happens, something that we battle in our bodies, and we just say, God, would you just please take this away? I believe in your healing power, and I believe in your strength. God, I just don't want this in my life anymore. And we struggle with it over and over again, and, and this physical circumstance just won't go away. And maybe you find yourself with some pain in your body or something that you've gone through over and over and over again, or you're going through even right now. And it's suffering. And you say, God, I don't like this. I don't want to go through this. But beyond physical suffering, there's emotional suffering. Something in our heart or our mind that just is is breaking every time we think about it. Or we become so depressed or so overwhelmed that we we suffer emotionally. And and we can't seem to to get past it. We can't seem to move on. And, And 
We have that suffering in our life. There's financial suffering nowadays, probably more than ever. Those bills start coming in, and, and, and the job is so shaky to begin with, and, and, and maybe you're facing losing your home, or you, you just, I, I just, I'm, I'm so under this burden. I'm suffering financially, or, or we can all relate to this one, and it's suffering relationally. If there's a relationship with a friend or a coworker or a family member that is so strained and, and so ugly that it's just the, a constant pain in our life. It's constant suffering. And we're going to go through that, and, and what helps me, and, and we don't have time today, but what helps me is Scripture. Because when you start going through uh, all of scriptures and the characters of the Bible, especially the Old Testament prophets, they went through such suffering. And all they ever did was, was preach the word of God. All they ever did was do what God asked them to do. And yet physical suffering, they experienced it all the time. Beaten, thrown in prison, all these things that happened to them. Emotional suffering. I think of Elijah he's sitting out in the wilderness just wanting to die, so depressed. You know, I, all, all of these things were, were in the life of the, the prophets and all the characters of the Bible. So there's nothing new with you. But what is so important to understand is that God is not going to waste the suffering that you're going through. God is going to show up in the midst of your suffering, and he is going to do something in your life. It will be a test of faith. It will be a test of maturity. But God's going to come in, and he's going to use that to conform us and to shape us and to mold us into the image of his son. And just as the trials and the suffering that Jesus went through led him to glory, your suffering can lead you to glory as well. If you come close to God, if you come near to him, if you are in Christ and living by the Spirit, when you go through that suffering, God is going to do something great in your life. God wants to use that in your life. He didn't bring it into your life, but he wants to use it in your life. And, and you know what, though? And, and i got to be real honest with you. Listen to me. This is so important. Is It's not just God wants to use that in your life. Your enemy wants to use that in your life. The devil wants to use your suffering. And he's going to do the exact opposite. He's going to take that suffering and try and pull you away from God. He will use that suffering to destroy you. God's going to use it to build you and draw you close. And the choice is yours today. Whether you submit to God through your suffering or you tell him to take a hike, but guess which way you're walking then. So I want you today to, to go after God and what he has for your life. Matthew chapter 7 is the, the final chapter of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus tells a parable when he's coming to a conclusion, and it's the wise and foolish builder. The one that built his house on the rock, when the storms came, the, the house stood. But the one that built their house on the stand, when that suffering, when that storm came, it was wiped out. We have to build our lives in Christ, living according to the Holy Spirit. So when the storms of life come, it, it makes me strong. We've got we've to stop asking God for an easy way out of our pain. Because sometimes he's doing something in our life that is much greater. He's looking to shape us. He's looking to make us complete, lacking nothing. Sometimes when you're going through something, and you're, let's say you're trying to lose weight, and, and it comes to the end of the day, and you're, you're, you're hungry, and you just want to eat something before you go to bed, but you know that that hunger is actually working. You know, you, you start working out, you start running, you start lifting weights, and all of a sudden there's some pain in your body, but you know that pain is good. 
because something's being done. And God is working these things out in our life, and so what we need to do is submit to him, wait in quiet, and and allow him to move. And, And like I said, you will never go wrong following God and his spirit and the leading in your life. You say, what is God doing in the midst of that? I don't always know. But I do know this, that when I read the Gospels and I look at every miracle Jesus did, it was triggered by compassion. And Jesus has compassion on you when you go through difficult times. And he is going to come, and I believe that he ultimately will rescue us. And, and, and sometimes we just have to believe even when we're going through it. So you know creation is longing for the Redeemer to come. If you go on to verse 19, and we'll just keep going here as, as we kind of come to a close today. It starts talking about creation. You can read it there that it's crying out for deliverance. It's longing for someone to set them free because you know what? It wasn't the plants and animals that sinned. It was us. But they got the curse. And they're crying out for the Redeemer to come and to, so that they can be a renewed creation restored for a redeemed people. And they cry out for that, this longing, this groaning that Paul talks about. And this, this crying or groaning, the, the crying out is, is likened to childbirth by Paul. And that, that tells me this, that our suffering and our crying out, our groaning, is not the crying out of, of death, but it's the crying out for life. See, when that mom is, is giving birth to that child, there is pain and, and, and they're going through it, but they're not crying out. And that, that pain isn't leading to death. They're believing that pain is leading to new life. When that new life comes, that, that pain is forgotten. And, and so we, that's the same attitude we should have. When we're going through it, I'm not crying out in death. I'm crying out in life that God is doing something. He's changing me. He's making me into the image of Christ. And I can look forward to what he has for me in the coming days. I can look forward to the redemption of humanity. I can look forward to new creation. I can look forward to heaven. And it's so far beyond anything I'm going through right now, anything you're going through right now. And Paul calls it this. He calls it our hope. He calls it our hope. And I want you to look at that, and, and not today, but I want you to, to look at uh, the book of Titus where Paul talks about our blessed hope. That we just wait patiently and confidently. Why is it so important to have hope and faith in the midst of our, our trials, in the midst of our suffering? Let me tell you, it's not on the screen. I'm just going to tell you, you can write it down. First of all, our hope keeps us from settling for things of this world. Our hope keeps us for, for, from settling for things of this world. See, so often, you know, we just want to get rescued. We just want to get out of it. And, um, or we just want a comfortable life with no pain, with no suffering. That's all we really want. And God says, I've got so much more for you. This life doesn't even compare to what I have for you. So we don't want to settle for things of this world. And, and secondly, we don't want to turn, take our eyes off God. Our hope gets our eyes off our pain and onto God. That's what we got to do is get our eyes off our pain and onto God and say, God, what are you doing? Because suffering is a fact of the Christian life. But let me give you some hope here as we close. Look at John chapter 16, verse 33. These are words in red. Words in red. I love it. Jesus says here, here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows. He's promising us right here. There will be suffering. He says, but take heart. 
because I've overcome the world. You will have suffering. We have verse 17, we have verse 18 in, in the book of Romans chapter 8, but we also have Romans eight twenty-eight. All things are working together for good. God's at work in the midst of our suffering. And uh, we got to keep our eyes on what he's doing. I want to read a story as we close today. It was a balmy October afternoon in 1982. Badger Stadium in Madison, Wisconsin was packed out. That day there were more than 60,000 diehard University of Wisconsin football fans watching their team take on the Michigan State Spartans. It didn't take long to determine who the better team was. Michigan State was mopping up the field with the Badgers. But what seemed odd was that even as the score became increasingly lopsided against their team, there were bursts of applause and shouts of joy from the Wisconsin fans. How could they cheer when their team was getting trounced so decisively? It turns out, that 70 miles away, the Milwaukee Brewers were beating the St. Louis Cardinals in Game 3 of the 1982 World Series. Many of the fans were watching the scoreboard, listening to the portable radios, and uh, responding to what was going on in another game, in another sport, in another place. I'm calling an audible today, so I'm just letting the worship team know. Jonathan knows, but uh, we're going we're gonna to sing the, our new song once again. Because that spoke to me so deeply that the lost are found, the blind will see, the lame will walk, and the dead will live. And somebody could come in and watch you worshiping today with your hands up to that song and say, are you kidding me? With what you're going through? How can you sing that song? The reason is, is because I'm watching something that's going on in another place. And today, in the midst of suffering, I believe that God heals. I believe God saves. I believe that God delivers. I believe that God calls prodigals home. And, I, and even though I may not see it right now, I know that God lives and that God is at work And he loves us more than we can love ourselves. And he has more for us than we could ever desire. And whatever you're going through right now will not compare to what he has for you because he works everything together for good. I want you today to grab hold of what God has for you. And it is greater than what you're going through right now. But God's not wasting what you're going through right now. When you're in Christ and submitted to the Spirit, he is conforming you. He's shaping you. And maybe he's doing something much bigger than you could ever imagine, you could ever think. But today, today, he reigns. Would you stand with me as we pray this morning? God, I thank you for your word. And God, I'm just going to say it. We thank you for our suffering. We thank you for our suffering because we know just as you suffered and went to glory, that God, we are united with you. and You're taking us to glory. And so God, today, whatever anguish is in our heart, whatever suffering is in our mind or in our body, or what, we are going to sing this song and faith believe in God. Because, God, we know the truth of your word. We may not see it with our eyes, but we believe it in our heart. And, God, we know, Lord, that you work all things together for our good. We love you this morning, and we worship you today.
you found The lost are found The blind will see The lame will walk The dead will live And you are God Forever you will reign The lost are found The blind will see The lame will walk Tell will live you are God Forever you will reign yeah. The lost are found The blind will see The lame will walk The dead will live you are God Forever you will you but I just want to keep singing that I want to because um, our suffering doesn't compare to what he has for us and um, so I want you to think about what you're going through and um, just watching Ruth kind of march around the auditorium who just lost her husband who's going through suffering pain but we can still believe we can still believe because I want to tell you today, I just sense in my heart as I was saying, that God's compassion is here for you. And then we need to believe God. We need to believe His Word. We need to stand on it. Because we will see His rescue. We will see it. I don't know when it's coming, but I guarantee it's coming. I guarantee it's coming. Would you sing that one more time? Let all of heaven, all of earth, and all of hell know that we believe God. That we believe He is good. That we believe He will rescue us. That our suffering is for a purpose. God, we love you. The lost are found. The blind will see. The lame will walk. The dead will live. And you are God. Forever you will reign. The lost are found. The blind will see. The lame will walk. The dead will live. And you are God. Forever
Lord, you reign today. (laughs) You reign. In the midst of our suffering, you declare that the kingdom of God is within us. So, Lord, today we know that you rule, that you reign. And uh, no matter what we may face this week as we head home or go to school or go to work or in our life, God, you are with us. We have no fear in all love. And God, no matter what we're going through, you are working it together for our good. And when we can't see that, God, may this song just come to mind. And may we live in faith this week, God. Lord, we love you, Lord. We honor you today. And God, I just thank you for your presence that has been so rich, Lord, here today, and your word that is so true. God, we just thank you once again. We just thank you once again for a glorious time together as the church. We worship you today. We worship you today. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May he show you his favor and give you his peace. Lord, today as a church, we step out with that blessing. And I thank you that blessing will last not for just this life, but for all of eternity. That we have an everlasting covenant with you. That your love never fails, it never ends. That nothing will separate us from your love. Even death, nothing will separate us. We love you today and honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It's been good to be in the presence of the Lord, and, and uh, I'm going to have, is Jody here, or did she have to go? Oh, Jody, come quickly. Uh, we just need some help as we go today, but uh, I don't know, John, can we sing that as we go? I don't know if we could sing that one more time. Anybody want to sing that just one more time as we go? I just love that song, so we'll sing it one more time as we go. But fellowship with one another, there's, there's so many sign-ups in the lobby, but Jody has a very important announcement, So, because uh, we really need your help this morning special. Okay, um, if anybody is able to help me carry the stuff from the boiler room to the back of the gym, if you can meet me down the hall and to the right, I'll be waiting there, and I will just be very clear with directions. So the more hands, the better, and the faster we go, faster you can go watch the Bears game. So men, women, able-bodied children, head out with Jody and help, but let's worship the Lord as we go. God bless you. We'll see you together again, and worship God as the church. Everlasting, while earthly anxious fade In mercy, our God, your kingdom reigns And Lord, over everything, you are near In all of the universe at your feet in the Savior and justice brought to right. For your glory, let your name be lifted high. Lord, over everything, 
you are near and all of the universe is at your feet Lord over everything and Lord over everything you are near and all of the universe is at your feet Here's the lost I found The blind will see The lame will walk The dead will live and you are God forever you will reign the lost are found the blind will see the lame will walk the dead will live and you are God forever you will reign the lost are found the blind will see the lame will walk, the dead will live, and you are God forever. You will reign. The lost are found, the blind will see, the lame will walk, the dead will live, and you are God forever. You will reign. The lost are found the blind will see the lame will walk the dead will live and you are God forever you will reign oh yeah oh Jesus and Lord over everything Lord, over everything, you are near.